Hello and welcome. You've tuned into the School of Ministry podcast. Paul is your Bible teacher today. He has years of experience as a pastor, seminary instructor, and more. Later, you will be given information how to reach us. If you have questions you would like addressed, let us know. Maybe you have a need in your life and want to know how the Bible gives answers that apply to us today. Feel free to contact us. Now enjoy the lesson. Nevertheless, in John 16 and 7, it says, As Jesus was speaking on the night before he died to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. In other words, the Holy Spirit, his coming was contingent on the resurrection and ascension of Christ. That's what Jesus said in Acts chapter 1. Wait for the promise of the Father that He would send the Holy Spirit. And they waited, and they had to wait until Jesus had risen, ascended, been exalted, and then He sent the Spirit. No resurrection, no ascension. No ascension, no exaltation. No exaltation, no Holy Spirit. Do you see where I'm going with this? Do you see how all of these things, each one fits hand in hand. And what is the work of the Holy Spirit? The work of the Holy Spirit is that He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. That's how it applies to us. You see, because of the resurrection, we feel the conviction and if we are unbelieving, if we haven't yet accepted Christ as Savior, we feel that conviction because on that day of Pentecost, Peter had preached about the resurrected Christ. And then they cried out and they said, they were pricked in their hearts. Men and brethren, what should we do? You see, that was the work of the Holy Spirit. And He still works today in that same way. So the Spirit confirms the righteousness of Christ, the sinlessness of Christ, and the sinfulness of non-belief. So the Holy Spirit would also convict of judgment because of the prince of this world is judged. In other words, if Satan is judged, then who are we? Who are we to think that we could possibly escape? If God's going to judge one that has such power as Satan, there is no way that any man could escape. So the Spirit of God is going to come, not only to empower the one doing the witnessing, but to convict the one receiving the witness. You see, evangelism today is totally dependent upon the Holy Spirit. He is the one that is empowering And the ascension of Jesus Christ is totally dependent upon His resurrection. No resurrection, no testimony, no conviction. So it is that in the resurrection of Christ, it has implications that relate to us. But not only that, the Holy Spirit has come, and I think that it's vital for us to realize that He has come to instruct Those early apostles, those early disciples, because when he came back, 2 Peter 1, 21 tells us that holy men of God were moved by the Holy Spirit, just as they wrote in the Old Testament, so they did in the New Testament. 
holy men of God, moved along by the Holy Spirit to have written the New Testament. Let me tell you something. If Jesus never rose, then He never ascended. And if He never ascended, He never sent the Spirit. And if He never sent His Spirit, there is no Holy Spirit to inspire the writers of the New Testament. Then you can't believe it. It's untrustworthy. It's man's work. But in John 14.25, again, Jesus says, These things I have spoken unto you, being present with you, but the Comforter, who is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I have said to you. So you see, the work of the Holy Spirit still works in our lives that He is teaching us. He is working in us. So it has that application in the life of believers that we are able to understand the Word of God because it is a spiritual book. But the Holy Spirit reveals it to us. And it tells us in 1 John 2, 20 and also in verse 27 that we have an unction. I love the old King James. We have an unction, an anointing of God. But we can have the Holy Spirit speak to us through the pages of the Bible. And it's alive and it speaks to us and we know that it's a spiritual book, that it's true. But if there's no resurrection, there was no Holy Spirit. If there's no Holy Spirit, there's no guarantee the New Testament is true, and there is no resident truth teacher in our hearts to help us understand what it means. Those disciples that were walking on the road to Emmaus after the resurrection of Christ, they said certain women have reported that Jesus was raised. And Jesus began, it says, that He opened to them from Moses and the law and the prophets all concerning Christ, all concerning Him. And they said, Oh, how our hearts burned within us as He talked with us in the way. You see, there's something about the Word of God that speaks to your spirit, that speaks to you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit works through His Word and it brings down into our very soul, into our very spirit. Not only that, but the Holy Spirit is important because He came to abide in the church. He came in that new office as comforter. So not only does He empower and indwell every believer, but now He is there working and taking Christ's place. As a matter of fact, in John 14, 16, this is the greatest legacy Jesus gave. He says, says I'll pray the Father and He'll give you another comforter. And, and the word another is alos. Another means exactly like myself, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knows him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. You see, the Holy Spirit comes to empower the Lord's church, to instruct the Lord's churches. And if Jesus didn't rise, then he didn't come. We don't have the Holy Spirit. Our bodies are not the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are not built together as that habitation, as that building fitly framed together. There's no Holy Spirit. Then Jesus didn't rise. There's no resurrection, no spirit, no spirit, no church. So the resurrection had a central relationship to the Father and the Spirit. Said all of that because it applies to us today. What about this resurrection in relation to us? 
In Romans 4, 24 and 25, that's a good starting point. Very briefly, what does it mean to us that Jesus arose? We've seen the implications of the Spirit, but let's be specific for it. It says, believing on Him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. You see, now our offenses are wiped out. In other words, this is a term that's used in a court, and justification declares we have been made just as if I'd never sinned. It declares that we are just. It declares us righteous. Jesus was raised As the one who bore our sins, He paid the price for our salvation. He was raised so that we could be declared just. So when we stand at God's court and the Father says, You're guilty. Jesus says, Alright, they're guilty. But I've paid the penalty. That settles the case. It's all been paid. It's all taken care of. And God says, On the basis that the penalty is paid, I declare you just. Think of that. And it goes one step beyond that. It's like Christ taking a great blanket or cloak and throwing it over us. He drapes it over us so that we are covered in His righteousness. So when now the Father sees us, He sees us as one in Christ. We're inseparable. And when the Father now looks at us, He doesn't see us, but He sees the obedient Son of God. It's like Paul said, Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Hi, let me interrupt for just a moment and update you with some information. You can now contact us at schoolofministryresources.org or biblelandmarks.com. We also now live stream services on landmarkstockton, all one word, dot com. Or you can see us on Facebook at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church of Stockton. We look forward to hearing from you. We would love to send you information. So thank you and back to our podcast. So by virtue of our union with Christ, God says, you're just. We are just by the resurrection. If Jesus died and didn't raise from the dead, then his penalty paid was inadequate. It didn't quite make it. It wasn't sufficient. He couldn't conquer death. He didn't gain the victory. But He did rise and He did make us just. And what does that mean specifically? First of all, 1 Corinthians 15, 17 says, If Christ is still dead, then you are in your sins. But if He's alive, then your sins are gone. I'll help you understand how this works. How are we righteous? We are righteous not only because of the historical act of Christ on the cross, but we are made righteous only because God has imputed, God has put, God made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. The righteousness of God in Christ. I think that's an important understanding for us. If we can only be righteous in Him, if He's dead, we can't be in Him. We can't be righteous. You got it? It's only a living Christ who unites with a living human. It's only a living Christ who can 
transmit His living righteousness unto us. If Jesus didn't rise, then we're in our sin. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ, the Scripture says. But if there's no Christ, we can't be in Him. There's no freedom from condemnation because... He is alive. He is righteous. By faith in His death and resurrection, we are united with Him. By His, His righteousness becomes ours. And our relationship means that we have been delivered. He's granted us righteousness. So His resurrection and relationship to us means that we are given life. That's what Jesus said to Lazarus. I am the resurrection and the life. John 11:25 says he that believeth in me though he were dead yet shall he live and whoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die do you believe this John 14:19 it says these beautiful words because i live ye too shall live also so he wasn't only a promising and abundant life but eternal life we know that because he rose from the grave that He was the first fruits of all that slept. And so that means that because we have been buried with Him by our faith, that we are risen to walk in the newness of life. That's what baptism shows. That's what it pictures. What man can't see, that we were dead to sin and now we're alive to God. A new life sensitive to God. A new life where we have a heavenly citizenship. We're possessing divine resources. Eternal relationship with God in His presence. So the resurrection means the deliverance from sin, the gift of eternal life. And it means that He's preparing a place for us. That's what John the 14th chapter, the disciples, as Jesus was speaking to them, don't let your hearts be troubled. In other words, He's saying, stop letting your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. He's saying, I'm going so I can get it ready for you to come. So you see, not only if there's no resurrection, there's no deliverance from sin, there's no eternal life, there is no heavenly abode. Because it's in the resurrected Christ that He's getting it ready and Jesus prayed, as we see in John 17, Father, I will that they also whom thou givest me be with me where I am. Father, I want not only to be with you and have fellowship with you, but he's preparing a place. That was his confident hope that he was bringing others with him. There's no kingdom without Christ. There's no heaven. In Revelation 21, Christ is the light of heaven. There's no fire there, there's no sun, there's no need for any of those things, there's no great stars. He is the light that is there. The resurrection of Jesus Christ in relation to His people means that we have deliverance from sin, the gift of life, a prepared place, but listen, child of God, this is what it means for us. It means we have power for life. It isn't easy to live in this world but we have power because the Holy Spirit has been given. We have power because He has said, and this is really where I wanted to come. I almost did a message on the last laugh because God gets the last laugh. That's where it all ends up. 
I want you to understand, Paul writing to the church at Ephesus, he says, I want you to understand the exceeding greatness of the power toward us who believe. And it's in that kind of power that Christ was risen from the dead. That's why Paul was able to say, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. Oh, that I may know him. Power that enables us, that helps us. So we do not need to be like the rest of this world. This world is worried about all of the pandemic. And I think we need to be wise and use our mind and be careful. But we have a better home. If you were a child of God, you have a better place. We have something else that we're looking for. We don't have to be like the world that's in panic. Because let me tell you that this is just the beginning of the woes. Beginning of the pains, the birth pains before the coming of Christ. And this will subside and there is going to be something else. Something else that causes this world to be in an uproar all over again. And people... Now things look like they're beginning to settle down and I've noticed, well, sometimes people are saying, well, we're getting over this. We're going to be okay. And they've forgotten to look at the power of God because He rose in order to intercede on our behalf. There is power. We are not impotent because we have an advocate with the Father who is standing in a prepared place, his resurrection prepared and secures deliverance from sin, life in a prepared place, gives us power and an intercession. He came. He's made the way for us to come boldly to the throne of grace in time of need. In Romans chapter 8, it says, Who shall lay anything at the elect's charge? Who shall separate us from the love of God? Who keeps cleansing us from sin? 1 John 1 and 9. Making us a way to come into the Father's presence. Making that way abundant. What does the resurrection mean to us? It means eternal life. Deliverance from sin. But life. A place in heaven, present power, an intercessor, an advocate, and one more thing. It means the returning king. It means that he's coming back again. It means that our citizenship in heaven, that we ought to be looking forward to the king coming. Oh, the king is coming. We shall be changed and this lowly body will be changed and resurrected and given a new body like the resurrected Christ. And so Christ's resurrection was so vital in relationship to the Father for His fellowship, to His exaltation, to the verification of the Father's Word, to the giving of the Spirit that we might have a witness, that we might be convicted and that the world might be convicted to inspire, to indwell us, to the church that might have all the things that it needs. And then in our lives, that we don't have to be caught up like the rest of the world without hope. That we have that hope in Jesus Christ. Because He was risen from the dead. He is our advocate. Bring us back into such fellowship with Him. And oh, how wonderful. He's coming again as the King. And I want to just close out with this thought. Christ's resurrection in relation to the rejectors means those that do not believe, that do not name the name of Christ as Savior, that there is a judgment coming. Jesus in Revelation 1.18 says these words, 
I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. You see, the implication is one that has the keys of Hades. He is the death keeper. He is the jail keeper. Somebody who is going to lock up the others. You know, Satan and this whole world of rejectors may think that the crucifixion was the last laugh. But the crucifixion was in the mind and the plan of God. And to you who are troubled, 2 Corinthians 1.7 says, Rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with His mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the power of His glory. He is alive because He is going to return as the judge. And that's why the Scripture says, And now God commendeth that men everywhere repent and turn. You see, the resurrection means that we have the opportunity and the availability to come back into fellowship with God. The resurrection means that we can have life that it's in Christ Jesus. We've talked about all of the different theological aspects, but why is there power in our life as a child of God? Because the Holy Spirit empowers us, He works in us, and He takes His Word, and it works in our life. Today, you can have eternal life. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the message. If you want to hear Paul in person and are in the Stockton, California area, We invite you to join us at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church, 301 East Alpine Avenue. That's near the University of the Pacific. He brings the Bible message every Sunday at 11 a.m. and other times as listed. We trust you've been encouraged, challenged, or generally built up spiritually. If this lesson has sparked questions on this or other topics, please see our contact information in the description or email us at sclofministry at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.